Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammie. Hey there, Cammie. Hey, Bryant. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing in your little StreamYard square? I'm good. I finally got to see you in person yesterday. I know. Like I'm going to post the <laughs> picture online. Yeah, yeah. I'll post a picture on our Facebook group because uh, Peter, who we haven't had on uh, recently, but he's done the Ma- Podicus Magnuses with us, the Magni with us. And uh, yeah, we got to hang out, have a drink, relax for a little while. It was really nice. So that was wild. Uh, everyone... This is mystery. Cammy will give you a story in like a tale, and then I'll talk about some of the history. I'll leave that discussion. We've had uh, we took a little break last week. We didn't have a new new episode. I actually went and re-edited an old one, one of our favorite ones that we did at the very beginning of the pandemic, which was fitting and ironic. We we talked about the village of Eam, which was a 1666 breakout of the bubonic plague, and it was this cool British village that like self quarantined. It was a wild so. Take a listen to that. I, I did a lot better. It was one of the last episodes we did where we were in the same echo chamber, I mean room, and had a giant expensive mic that was not tamed properly. But uh, I used my engineering, audio engineering prowess that I've obtained over the last few months and fixed it up a little bit so it sounds a lot better. And uh, more importantly, sort of for the show, it's on YouTube now. So we're going to take... A couple of these breaks, it'll help us sort of fill our repertoire of episodes. It'll also help get the older episodes on YouTube and also with a little audio love. I I did edit them back in the day, but I did not do a good job for sure. And it definitely needs it. And they're great shows. So, and and I'm proud to say, I mean, the show's almost at 10,000 total listens as of, yeah, we're in, we're in, in August now of 2021. So the show is at almost at 10K total hits. We're really happy about that. And we've noticed that a lot of people are just kind of picking shows at their own pace, coming in at random times. So these shows need to be good um, for all time for people to jump into. So, Cammy, what are we talking about today? And what are we talking about soon? Which Or what order do you want to talk about that? <laughs> sure. So today we're talking about Daniel Boone. I won't make anybody wait any longer uh, from that very long intro, which is abnormal for Brian. It is. Um, <laughs> we're also, though, having on a special, two special guests mm-hmm. uh, in August, and it will be Austin and Maddie from Will This Be On The Test. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Please take a listen. We did some ad swapping like way back yeah, in the beginning. that's right. And we have a lot of, of crossover um, topics mm-hmm. and uh, resources and listeners even. So I think it'll be a really good uh kind of yeah. inter not interview but yeah it'll be fun they up. yeah their show is very similar in format in a lot of ways they're both teachers right both of them um so it works no out. austin's a librarian that's right i don't know what maddie does actually that's right so yeah and we're talking about a cryptid that'll be a lot of fun so yeah it should be really great but uh daniel boone he's not a cryptid is he <laughs> <laughs> that was a segue <laughs> what is he what do you have for us he's a frontiersman i know he was a pretty, you know, pretty rad guy. I think everybody knows that. <laughs> Coon hat. Yep. All that good stuff. Well, are you going to get into that? Yes, I will. I will okay. debunk. <laughs> so I used filsonhistorical.org, Daniel Boone and the Pattern of the Western Hero by Marshall W. Fishwick. And I also used Wikipedia. The rugged frontiersman was no stranger to the hunt. By the time he was five years old, the young Boone had killed his first bear. 
While the other more experienced men ran away, the boy held his heart steady and raised his rifle to pierce the formidable creature's heart with a single bullet. By the time he was 15, the young man saved a group of fellow hunters from a panther in the same manner. Old Boone was known for having felled 99 bear and 30 deer in just one season. But as he got older, he ventured further west into the mountains of what is now Kentucky, cutting brush and making a trail for others to follow. And each time he felled a beast, he would engrave the words, D. Boone killed a bear in a nearby tree. Hundreds of these trees graced the wilderness of Kentucky. One night, as his party of frontiersmen grew hungry from the lack of wild wildlife in the end of winter, Boone took the second best hunter in his party out to do some fire hunting. Because their chance of finding deer were better in the dark, the men lit their torches and combed the forest for prey. There wasn't much to be found until Boone's light found blue eyes. He had never seen a deer with blue eyes, but his hunger told him to press on and follow it. So he moved quietly toward, towards it until it was within range to draw his weapon, but just then the deer took off in the woods. Boone, began, Boone, being an expert tracker, was able to follow the broken branches, even in the moonless night. After about half a mile, he came upon a clearing and a house with smoke rising from the chimney. He was in luck to find a house this far from the paths he had already cleared through the land. He knocked on the door, eager to see who might, like him, enjoy a life so far away from civilization. A man answered the knock and welcomed Boone and his companion in for some soup to warm themselves. While they ate, Boone was quick to tell of the blue-eyed deer he had seen while hunting and how he tracked it to this house, when just then the front door tore open and a young woman, panicked and frightened, hurried over the threshold. She told a story of a panther with fire flashing in his eyes, who was surely still behind her. But when Boone rose to greet the woman, and his eyes met with hers, she knew it was no fire-eyed panther, and he knew it was no blue-eyed deer in the woods moments before. The commotion around them faded as though nothing else existed in the entire world but this one woman and this one man, and Boone got down on one knee. As her father and brother rushed into the night, rifles loaded, looking for a big cat, and her mother and sister held her hands and head to soothe her through their own cries, and he asked for her hand in marriage. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> That's really cool. Apparently, that was a story that they told, like, their children mm -hmm. and their grandchildren of how they met, but, like, nobody really believed it. Sure, yeah, like, oh, come on, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, Boone, when he was 12, he, he got his first rifle and he started hunting. This dude was wild. 1734 to 1820 he was in his 80s when he passed that's like unachievable it's wild so i do believe he told his great grandkids that story <laughs> um he came from a quaker family who emigrated from england he was the sixth child of his parents and it looks like they emigrated for religious persecution and i won't go too deep into it but <clears throat> it looks like his family was kind of even persecuted within the quaker um, society for kind of not playing ball but his uh while he had a limited education, his mom taught him how to read and write, and his dad taught him how to be how to, how to live on the land as you needed to in 1734. And yes, very early, um, it's at age 15 he was confirmed to have pretty much outhunted all the kids, and he even had his own hunting business by the time he was 15. I imagine trading furs and things like that. I was about to ask what a hunting business. was. Yeah, I, I'd imagine that have to be, but he he had very very quickly. He, I mean, he really served 
showed that he could do this stuff like extremely well. And, you know, this little thing, the Revolutionary War was going on, as well as the early conflicts uh, between or known as like the French and Indian War. And he was a part of that as well. Um, he would work as like a, a merchant. He would also work as a like a, a caravan sort of leader, for, I guess, with supply lines and things like that. He was very much sort of in behind the scenes. But he was really good at that, too. Yeah, he was the wagoner. That's the word that they used for Brigadier General Edward Braddock um, during an, a calamitous defeat, as what Biography.com puts it, at Turtle Creek near modern-day Pittsburgh. And Boone um, was able to save himself from the French uh, an Indian that were, or, you know, the French and Indian force that was a part of that because of his survival skills. He, he got really into this quickly. And I think it was his military exploits that kind of led into him doing expeditions and trailblazing land surveillance and things like that. And, but in 1767, he had led his own uh, expedition for the first time, which was a hunting trip along the big Sandy river in Kentucky and went as far as, uh, Floyd, uh, went far West into Floyd County. So he, he, He's kind of credited almost mythologically with being the the first one to really survey Kentucky and get it down to where it was it was there. And he did like to move a lot. He did like to live quite far away. I love how your stories always kind of like trickle in the the details. The one of the most interesting things was in, in 1776 there was a tr- a tribe an indigenous tribe that ca- kidnapped his daughter who he was able to ransom back i guess it just says that he, uh, his daughter was released but the next year he was shot in the ankle during attack and was captured by uh, a shawnee tribe they were algonquin um speaking people of the mid-atlantic area and um he there isn't so there's i mainly used wikipedia uh, britannica and biography.com had a nice write-up and it says that he was captured by the shawnees and it says that he was adopted into the tribe but then he escapes. So I guess he just like they were like, yeah, this dude's awesome. But he's like, no, nah, I got to bounce, guys. I'm really sorry. <laughs> he later would would hang out with them, though. Um, apparently, he would later go back and see them hunt with them and do some stuff with them. But when he was doing this b- before he was captured by the Shawnees, he was doing more land surveillance. Um, he was trying to it, it, it's kind of funny because he anything he did that wasn't hunting didn't seem to go so well. Um, Britannica talks a lot about uh, him investing in real estate and things like that, and it just it uh, he flopped on the real estate stuff. The most popular thing, the most successful thing he ever really could do was just kind of hunt, take care of himself, but then hunt and trade and things like that. Yeah, he was a, a land speculator. He went deep into debt as a Kentucky land speculator. And so uh, like uh, the citizens, when he came back from the Shawnees, the citizens like that he was working with and stuff like that tried to sue him apparently. So, and he, it <laughs> led him to live in uh, resettle in Missouri. Um, now the, the cult of this guy really came about because of this guy, John Filson writing this book called the adventures of Colonel Daniel Boone, which was a part of, or that, so this was like a, uh, a legend that was a part of this bigger book called The Discovery, Settlement and Present State of Kentucky, which was first published in 1784. So right at the end of his life, this – or I know right right during the middle of his life, excuse me, this book comes out and uh, talks about these big exploits. I mean it's pretty amazing and spectacular to be captured by indigenous – the Shawnees – not only like make it through, but get adopted and and really work your way through. And he was, he was extremely talented at what he did in the frontiers, um, hunting and so on and surviving. And and it was Filson's book that really kind of uh, played up the natural man thing and also played into the manifest destiny 
uh, idea that America had, which was to, you know, take all the land, essentially. It was it was our destiny to take the land. But um, Boone was actually uh, not a big fan of the fighting. And, and there was this show in this, I think it was the 60s that kind of came out that, that didn't really do him justice, it seems like. I haven't seen the show, but yeah, he, he didn't, History.com mentions he did not wear a coon hat. That was not his style. Um, he very much just looked like everyone else in a way. Um, he was more practical and he, he did not like bloodshed. He had, there's no record of him ever scalping uh, indigenous peoples like other frontiersmen of the era would do. He was in several battles, both like in a war climate and just in a surveil climate. Um, but he's reported he, he's there's two th- times he said that he had killed uh, an Indian. He says he, he killed one at the Battle of Blue Licks, but then later in his life, he said, I never killed but three. But he did express regret over the killings and saying that um that they have always been kinder to me than the whites. <laughs> and I just imagine when you've got lawsuits coming from people that you're trying to survey land for. Yeah, that's that's kind of the idea. Yeah, he would go hunting with the Shawnees who captured him uh, decades later after the capturing um, when he was well into like his later years. And it, what's really interesting is 19th century writers actually kind of changed his words and saw his like sympathy for the indigenous peoples as a flaw. And so they kind of like brushed aside his respect that he had for the Shawnees and other peoples. So that way it played more into the, no, we need to get the land and get those people off the land thing. So if I don't know, I don't know what the show does. I'm not going to pretend like I do. I I did not really look into the show. I just saw that there was a show that was pretty popular in the sixties. I believe it was or seventies, but Boone to me seems like he was just someone who was really good at hunting, liked, liked it. He liked hiking. He liked going out. He liked surviving off the land. And he did what he could with it to make a living a little bit beyond anything he did beyond that did not work out. <laughs> everything he did did not work out. But it, but he, he he lived a long life and he was able to to thrive in that regard. And, and he lived uh, the last two decades of his life. To, he was in Missouri, it looks like, and just kind of did what he liked doing. And so, yeah, 1820, he died um, after being born in 1734. He was nearly 90 years old coming up on it. So... I, it was really cool. I we who did we keep mixing up Daniel Boone with when we were talking about doing it? Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett. Yeah, that's just. But I think Dave <laughs> isn't Davy Crockett the wore the hat. Probably. Who who knows? <laughs> who knows? Can we prove this? Yeah, it's just this weird. It's the D and the frontier yeah. and the rifles. Yeah, I think it just. Yeah, because several times I literally looked up Davy Crockett yeah. instead of Daniel Boone yeah. when I was researching. <laughs> Were they even, when was Davy Crockett around? I gotta. I think it was the same time period, right? Like the late 1700s. Yeah, he, he born 1786, died 1836. So he was like, even after, like kind of well after Boone had kind of done a lot of his stuff. But like right during the middle of it too. He he was only 49 when he died. So Boone actually lived a lot. He, he lived up after um, Boone had died, but Crockett, yeah, was younger. That's funny. And and Crockett was like a politician uh, as well too. Like Boone, Boone really just seemed like he just was like just I just want a rifle and some woods, <laughs> and I want no one else to be there, and I'll take care of the rest. I promise. If there's a bear, I got it. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Even at three, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's really really I, I I didn't really know what to go in. I I again because I kept mixing him up with other people, but um, I was aware I was aware of like the coon hat kind of guy, and that's what the show 
also um, the TV show. Oh, the show put him in that. Yeah, hat? that that's that image. That image and the 19th century writers really played this up. Again, it was like, like let's really tout the manifest destiny, and it 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 really wasn't him. He really seemed to have just been. And I think I mean it, I think it helps fortify his um, the natural man is what Wikipedia mentions. I think that even helps it further. The natural man I don't think would give a rat's ass about manifest destiny. You know. And sure. so, I, I mean, you know, uh, surveying the land is knowing the land is you know, maps. That's what's that's what he would want to do. So I, I get not even just like being a hermit in the frontier. That's not what he wanted. He wanted to know the land, learn it, punt, trade, just do that cycle. Is That's the picture I get. And he and he had a big family to to do that with. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It was. All really thanks to the book uh, by Filson that was first published in 84, so right in the middle of his life. And I wonder how he felt about that. There's not too much else kind of where we have, but he, he what what Wikipedia and biography.com note, note is that he, he wasn't a fan of fighting. He, that wasn't his style. He didn't like the bloodshed. He didn't like killing people. It was pretty cool. That was a really great story, Cammy. I'm really happy that you shared that with us. That was a Thank you. great way to show the the whole character in a nutshell i would say so every story was about hunting <laughs> yeah yeah i believe it so that's great the the you know, i asked you right before the show i said what are you talking about and he's like how he met his wife and i was i was not expecting that i was like oh it's gonna be really cool <laughs> and that was really a nice little twist so one of my favorites for sure so far everyone thanks for joining us thanks for not yelling at us for not posting a new episode last week we appreciate that uh we're using the time wisely for daniel boone see but let us know if you do have a topic you would like us to talk about. Our link tree is in the show notes. Remember, you can watch us on YouTube, and we're on practically every major podcast service. So just take a look at the description, click on our link tree. That'll take you to all other social media forms. Our Facebook is the more active one in general. But reach out to us, too, at mystery. Remember, it's with an IE at gmo.com. Cammy, thank you. Thank you, Brian. Anything you'd like to add? No, that's it. All right. Well, um, everyone, thanks again, and we will see you next time.